The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Take your Bibles, go to Philippians tonight, and uh, thankful for how the gospel shapes us and changes us. And if we have reason to boast or reason to glory, uh, let it be in Christ. Amen? Philippians tonight, and uh, we're just going to read two verses, and so I'll let you stay seated for that. We're going to look at the first two verses of the chapter, and I want you to take note of, as we look at these first two verses, we kind of gave an overview of the chapter, or of the book, uh, and talked about how joy leaks from our lives, and what causes holes uh, in the bucket of our life, and how we can patch those holes up, and what causes us to be able to maintain and keep true Christian joy, what the source of our joy is, and what sustains our joy. And I want you to take note of uh, some phrases in the first two verses. And if it's your habit to underline, these would be good phrases for you to underline because these are what I believe the Holy Spirit underlines to us. I'm going to know when you have repetition in the Bible, it's on purpose. Repetition is on purpose. And so if God says something, he only had 66 books that he gave us, If he says something over and over and over again, uh, not only is it that he only has to say something once to mean it, and he means everything he says one time, but when he says something in repetition, it's because he wants to nail something down for us, and truly as we look at Philippians, it's all about these phrases, and so I want you to see this as we understand kind of the theme of the book is joy in the Lord, and we're going to talk about joy in Jesus tonight, but look at verses 1 and 2 of Philippians chapter 1, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ. I want you to underline, of Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus. I want you to underline that preposition. How many ever had to do diagrams, all right? This is prepositional phrases, okay? Of Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father, What do you think the next prepositional phrase is that I want you to underline? Are you smart, quick students tonight? From the Lord Jesus Christ. From the Lord Jesus Christ. Powerful prepositional phrases in the first two verses and all have a theme for us to kind of set around and look to. And this threefold repetition of the name Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, it presents to us the central theme that reappears throughout the letter and unites everything that we see, everything that we read, everything that we understand around the person of Jesus Christ. And how many know that's so important? That everything in our lives to be centered uh, around, subject around uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you remove Jesus Christ from these verses, really they have no weight. And it gives all the weight to them. And understanding. And Paul defines his role, his co workers. He, he describes his relationship with the church as one of living in Christ Jesus. His blessings, uh, God presents God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. It's a, as, as the common source of what? Grace and peace. And so he gives us these things. And so, three things tonight, uh, quickly, as we talk about joy in Jesus. Number one, our relationship is in Christ. Our relationship is in Christ. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ. You see that second phrase that you underlined, to all the saints in Christ Jesus. Why are we saints tonight? We're saints because we're in Christ. 
If we weren't in Christ, get this tonight, we would not be saints. We would not be holy. We would not be righteous uh, without being in Jesus. And apart from Jesus, we're not holy. Apart from Jesus, we don't have that uh, positional holiness. We don't have that practical holiness being worked out in our lives. And so joy, as far as our joy in Jesus, it's found in Christ. That's the source of our joy. And so joy is found in salvation, our, our relationship to Jesus Christ. That's where our joy comes from. Uh, are you glad that you're saved tonight? Are you glad that you're born again? Boy, if, if you lose your joy along the way, can I submit to you that perhaps what you need to take a look at again and maybe underline in your own life is, thank God I'm born again. Thank God I'm in Christ. If I was not in Christ, I'd be lost. If I wasn't in Christ, I'd be in despair. If I wasn't in Christ, I'd have no reason for true joy. I'd have no reason uh, to, uh, to rejoice tonight and be glad. Uh, but because we're in Christ, boy, we have a lot of reasons to have joy tonight, don't we? Uh, our circumstances might not be a good reason to have joy tonight. Uh, we might have circumstances, we might have other sources uh, in our lives that are detracting or pulling away from or pulling at that joy that's in our life. But truly, uh, our, our joy is found in salvation. Why? Because we are now what? Saints. That's what he says. Saints in Jesus Christ, we're now saints. We have a new identity. And by the way, we needed one, didn't we? Our old identity, what was that? where was that taking us? To hell. We were in despair. We were condemned. Our identity, as much as we would like to hold on to it, as much as, much as long as we, uh, uh, we like to maintain it in our own lives, it's not worth maintaining. It's the old things that are worth passing away. Those things that Paul said he counted as gain, now he counted as loss. Those things that were in the plus side of his old identity, now were on the negative side of his new identity. The things that he was built up in before, now he didn't build himself up in those things. What built him up before? His education, his experiences, uh, his circumstances, his power, his authority, his his prosperity, his popularity. These were things that he found joy in before Christ. And by the way, those are things we found joy in too. But now those things are lost. Those things are not our focus. Those things are not the source of our joy. Our joy is found in salvation. We have a new identity. We have joy because our saintly performance isn't in our resume, but it's in the righteousness imputed to us by Jesus. That's where our joy is tonight. That we are in His righteousness, clothed in His righteousness. Now our performance, uh, it's not in our resume, it's in His performance. It's in His righteousness uh, that we are found saints. The Bible says we're found in Him. We're viewed in Him. Our joy is in Him. Uh, The word saint is drawn from the Greek word hagios. It's from the same word that we get the word holy. It refers to one who's set apart from the moral pollution of this world and set apart unto God. So to be a saint means that by the operation of grace, a Christian no longer lives a life of pursuing sin in the evil world system, and instead he's pursuing moral purity. Instead he's pursuing that which is according to his new identity. So we're pursuing holiness because God has made us holy in him. So positionally tonight we're holy, although practically we're still working that out. Are you with me? We're still working those things out. Uh, Anybody with me on that? Uh, You don't always feel holy. I don't always feel holy. I don't know when you came in here if you felt any more holy. Uh, But uh, holiness is not found in our performances. It's found in Jesus Christ. It's not found in our standards. It's found in in His standards. 
it's found in what he says in his word. And so, so to be a saint, we're pursuing a different life. And this involves, notice, both a negative and positive separation. So, so joy is found in salvation, but joy is maintained through separation. Joy is maintained through separation. If you want to have um, a lack of joy in your relationships, don't maintain separation in your relationship. Doesn't uh, not maintaining separation cause us to lose joy? Husbands and wives, do we have to maintain our separation from others and to one another in order to maintain our joy in our relationship? If we go outside the bounds of our marriage, do we, do we, bring, uh, do we bring problems into that? Is that going to cause conflict? Is that going to cause loss of joy? Absolutely. It causes problems because we have to maintain separation. So joy is maintained through separation. There's a positive part of separation, and there's a negative part of separation, isn't there? So both positive and negative. We're separated from sin, and we're separated to Jesus Christ. I've used this illustration before, but when you say your marriage vows, what do you say? You say, keeping myself only unto, this is what I said, keep myself only unto her as long as we both shall live. What does that mean? I'm separated from everyone else, but I'm separated to her. So there's uh, one that I'm separated to, and there's a lot that I'm separated from. There's only one we're separated to, and that's Jesus Christ. He's the one we're separated to. You're not separated to me. You're not separated to my preferences. You're not separated to the things that are my opinions. You're separated. We are the Lord's sheep. We're the sheep of His pasture. He is the one that's sovereign. He's Lord in our lives. And so who are you supposed to be separated to, well, you're supposed to be separated to Jesus Christ. Sometimes we get that backwards. We separate to other things before we separate to Jesus. But then also, sometimes we also don't maintain joy because we don't separate from the proper things in our lives. How many know that you must separate from sin in the Christian life in order to maintain joy? Because what does sin do? It takes joy away from us. It robs us. Are you with me tonight? It robs us of our joy. Sin is dangerous. We don't play with sin. We don't tolerate sin. Now, sin in our lives must be dealt with and must be separated from and we must protect ourselves. And that's what the Bible calls us to do. Why? Because sin will rob us of our joy. You want to see a miserable Christian? Look at an unrepentant Christian. A Christian that's living in unrepentant sin is a miserable Christian. Why? Because always in conflict, knowing I'm not separated to the Lord the way that I should be and I'm not separated from the world the way that I should be. Sometimes we replace this real kind of calling and separation with other less substantial things. In other words, you can't separate two other things and separate from other things and have a replacement of or maintain the joy that God gives you. Sometimes we replace it with other things that are less important. So we separate too, and sometimes we, we find our identity in something other than Jesus. We find our identity in, in staying away from things. We find our identity in being someone or doing something rather than in Jesus. And so joy is maintained through separation. Notice, uh, as we look at the early church as saints in their historical time and geographical place, these Christians stood out in the corrupt world of the Roman Empire. They were like bright stars in a dark night. That's what God called them. They were easily distinguished as they lived in an unholy culture. Look at chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Holding uh, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation 
among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Everything about them was different from the polluted world in which they lived. Their families were different. Their businesses were different. Their conversations were different. At the same time, Paul stresses here that every believer in Philippi was positionally in Christ Jesus. You know, before they were saved, they belonged to the evil world system uh, with its anti-God agenda. But they had been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into this communion with Jesus Christ, this relationship with Him. They were washed in His blood. They were given a new standing in His grace. They were made citizens of the kingdom of God. This little prepositional phrase, in Christ Jesus, makes a difference to everything, doesn't it? We are in Christ. Number one, uh, our relationship is in Christ. The joy is found in salvation. It's maintained through separation. Number two, our role is of Christ. Our role is is of Christ. Notice in verse number one, he begins with introducing himself in accordance with his role in Jesus Christ or of Jesus Christ. He says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ. So what is he saying? I'm accepting my new purpose. My new purpose, my new role is now I am a servant of Jesus Christ. I no longer serve other things or other people. I serve Jesus. How many know that we serve someone? We serve someone. Uh, People, um, they often fool themselves in believing that they're no one's servant. But Jesus said we serve someone. Either we serve him or we serve the God of this world, the devil. We serve our own lusts. We serve our own flesh. We either serve other things and other people, or we serve the Lord. But you cannot serve God and mammon, the Bible says. You either hate the one and you'll love the other. That's what he says. So there's a choice that is made at salvation, by the way, of whose servants we become. Now we become the servants of Christ. Notice, joy is focused in serving. You want to have your joy maintained in full? Serve God. Serve others. Be a servant The happiest people are people who are serving people. The most miserable Christian is the Christian who does not embrace his role as a servant of Jesus Christ. Listen, uh, you want to maintain joy, find a place to serve the Lord. Find a place to serve the Lord. Get involved. Uh, a, A happy Christian, a joyful Christian is not a sitting Christian. He's a serving Christian. That's what we need to embrace because so much of life... What does circumstantial problems cause us to do? Often it benches us. It causes us not to serve. It causes us to sit, right? And sometimes we sit long, and what happens when we sit? We sour. Before long, the longer we sit, the more we sour. And before long, we'll be separated from the church if we don't watch it. And when we serve, boy, uh, God can use us and also work through our difficulties Work through our problems. It doesn't mean we're without problems while we're serving. Can I remind you tonight that the penman of the passage is sitting in prison while he pens the letter to the church at Philippi on the subject of joy. Would that be the subject you chose to write on if you were in Paul's circumstance? Would the subject you chose to write about be joy in the Lord? Joy in Jesus? Serving God? Being a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, what a wonderful calling. We are called to be servants, but we are also called to serve together. 
Notice he introduces not only Paul, but Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that we get to co-labor together? We're not serving God alone. You know, uh, servants that see themselves as serving alone are often also miserable servants. But when we see that we're not serving alone, Paul was saying, I'm serving with Timothy, and I believe every Paul needs a Timothy. I'm, I'm serving with Timothy, but I'm also serving with you. We're co-laboring together. We're serving together. Hey, listen, church, the thing that we should find joy in is serving God together. You know, sometimes we schedule work days at the church because I never see the men in our church and the ladies in our church so happy as when they're serving alongside of each other. And I never see them so miserable as when they just are like ships passing the night on Sunday. Are you with me? Sometimes it's important that we come together for a work day. That's why you ought to sign up every once in a while and come out and serve. Why? Because we need to serve with each other. It's through serving with each other. We, we go out and outreach together. Why? We can do that alone, but isn't it so much better when we get to serve together? On Friday and Saturday, we're going to put uh, uh, pieces of the Scriptures together and spend time together. We're going to serve the Lord together. You know what I'm praying for? I'm praying that God uses that to solidify relationships, to encourage people in the Lord, that we might see that it's so much better when we serve together. Don't avoid other believers Get in fellowship with them. Serve alongside of them. You say, that's difficult. It is, but there's joy in it. Joy is focused in serving. It's focused. We have, we're called to be servants. We're called to serve together. We're called to be servants of Jesus Christ. We don't serve ourselves. Notice, we have a high calling with a lowly position. We have a high calling with a lowly position. Don't think that the... Uh, the, the, the low position that you're called to uh, negates the high calling that you have. The calling that you have to be a servant is from God himself. That's a high calling, isn't it? God is calling us all to be servants. Our role is of Christ, the servants of Jesus Christ. There's joy that is focused in serving. And number three tonight, uh, look at this with me. Our receiving is from Christ. Our receiving is from Christ. We're talking about joy and maintaining our joy. Notice he says in verse number two, do you see it? Grace be unto you and peace, what? From God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Our receiving, we are recipients of grace and peace, but that grace and peace comes from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm reminded of every good and perfect gift comes from God. It comes down from the Father, the Bible says. That's what we have tonight. We have joy that's been gifted to us. We have grace and peace that's been offered to us. Are you with me? Are you full of grace? Are you full of joy? Are you full of peace? You can be tonight because of what? Because of the impartation, the the giving, the offering, the free gift that's been given to us in the Lord. Aren't you glad that the gifts keep on giving? Salvation was a gift of God, but it wasn't the last gift He gave us. He gave us peace that passes all understanding. He gave us love that we would be known one toward another by our love. He gave, us, he gave us joy unspeakable and full of glory. He gave us hope that we can be confident, a blessed hope about the great uh, the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, wonderful gifts we have in Jesus. He's given each of you a spiritual gift. He's given each of you a spiritual gift. Stir up the gift of God that's in you, by the way. You know how you stir up the gift of God? Go back to serve. You stir up your gifts through serving. A a Christian that is not serving 
will never stir up their gift. When we serve, our gifts come to the surface. Our gifts are seen in service. Uh, You should never be above serving in any capacity when it comes. Hey, a slave, a servant, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Joy, our receiving is from Christ. Notice, joy is found in the source. It's found in the source. Our receiving is from Christ. He's the source. Grace and peace and all their good benefits come from Christ. Joy is found in the source. Where's your joy found tonight? Well, uh, I would submit to you that it's found in what it's sustained by. Number two, joy is sustained by the source. Joy has the same staying power as the source it emanates from. In other words, if the source of your joy is circumstances, it will last as long as your circumstances. If it's rooted in another person and their treatment of you, it will come and go with those people and their good or bad treatment of you. If it's from Jesus Christ, get this tonight, if your joy is from Jesus Christ, it stays as long as He stays. It lasts as long as He lasts. And it goes as far as He goes. Boy, when we think about that, we understand how much more should our joy be rooted in the source of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus is our joy, when Jesus is the source from which we receive our joy, get this tonight, it goes as long as Jesus goes. Isn't he eternal and ever? Think about the quality of the life that he's given us. It's both eternal and what? Everlasting. These are two descriptions of the life God has given us, both in the length and the quality. Sometimes we think of eternal and everlasting as being interchangeable. But God is describing two different things. He's describing the length of that life, which is what? Everlasting. And he's, he's describing the eternality of that life, or listen, the power, the quality of that life, in that it never loses its power over time. Think about that. It's going to last forever, but it's also never going to lose its power, its strength, or its quality. You can hold on to something for a long time, but over time, what happens to that thing? It can lose its its quality. It can lose its, well, it can lose sometimes the joy that it gives gives us or brings to us. Boy, why, why do we have to receive gifts one year over the other sometimes? Because the ones we got last year no longer maintain the joy this year. That's how we are. If our joy is rooted in our possessions, it only lasts as long as our possessions If our joy is rooted in other people, it only lasts as long as those relationships last. And by the way, even the best relationship you have with another human being on this earth is still limited. Did you get that? Even the best relationship that you and I have on this earth is still a limited relationship. It should never be the source of our joy. Because when it becomes the source of our joy, we put expectations on people that God never told us to put on them. Sometimes that happens in marriages with spouses. They put the expectation that the other person is supposed to be the source of their joy. In other words, I'm happy when I have this or when I feel fulfilled in this way. My joy, listen, sometimes people can be encouragers to joy. They can be ways that God blesses us and encourages us, but God never wants us to replace Him as the source of our joy with other people, no matter how good those relationships are. There's going to be good days and bad days in every relationship. And even the best relationships we have, again, are limited. And so our our joy will be limited by its source. 
But when we make the source of our joy Jesus, it's unlimited. In other words, Paul understood this. If I'm beheaded by Nero, if I lose my life or I'm released, I can have joy in Jesus because whether it's by my life or by my death, Jesus continues on and so does my life in Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful thing to, to know tonight? When our life ends here, it doesn't end. We have eternal, everlasting life, and also our joy is full because of that. Why? Because our joy is rooted in Christ. The role is, our role is of Christ, but our receiving is from Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Joy is found in the source Joy is sustained uh, by the source. Think about it tonight. Maybe, uh, like me, uh, you can get caught up in circumstances or you can get caught up in other relationships or you get caught up in some of the problems that you're facing and you lose your joy and it kind of leaks out in your life and if you're not careful to replace it with rooting yourself back in the truth of the Scriptures. I believe this is why Paul was saying to the Philippian church, hey, listen, I want to remind you of who you are in Christ. I want to remind you of what you've been called to do as servants of Christ. And I, I want to remind you that everything that you receive as a Christian is from Jesus Christ. Because if you start looking other places, sometimes, listen, wandering eyes are bad for relationships. Would you agree? But sometimes, Christians, let's be honest, aren't we prone to wander? We are prone to wander. So what do we have to do? We have to make a covenant with our eyes. We have, to make a, we have to make a covenant with our hearts. But we have to make a covenant with our bodies, don't we? That we would what? Present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. In other words, I'm saying I'm going to be separated from the world, but I'm going to be separated only unto Jesus Christ. And that's going to help me maintain joy in my life. Maybe the reason why you and I are still doing the right things, but we're not having joy in it, is because we're looking to what we're doing to provide the joy instead of the one we're doing it for to give us the joy. Listen, it's, it's, um, it's just duty when we don't love the person who we're doing for. Does God want duty from us? He does. He does call us to do things, doesn't he? So he does want our, doesn't he say endure hardness as a good soldier? You know, fulfill your duties, fulfill your responsibilities. Are you with me? We, we still have duties, don't we, as Christians? But he wants us to delight in those duties. What does he say about his commandments? To the believer, his commandments are not what? Grievous. They're not just duty. They're delights for us. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. It's, it's interesting that sometimes we look at that verse and we say, well, if I delight in the Lord, I'm going to get what I want. No, if I delight in the Lord, he truly gives me the desires that I should have in my heart. He gives me the right desires. Because we desire sometimes the wrong things, don't we? We desire sometimes the wrong things in the wrong time. And sometimes we get bent out of shape with God and we think God's failed us and we're not acknowledging that everything that we have comes from the Lord and all that we are is in the Lord and everything that we're called to is of the Lord and we forget about those things and then something bad happens. For Paul, it was imprisonment and persecution. But you know what Paul said? I can rejoice 
in my circumstances. I can have joy in these trials. I can have joy and be, get this, this is what he called himself, a bond slave of Jesus Christ. That's what he was called, doulos, the word. When he says servant, it wasn't just like what we think in our minds, serving somebody. You know, we talked about service. It's one thing if I told you, hey, you need to serve the Lord, come and be a part of the church. Can you imagine if I said you need to be a slave? Well, I'm not, I'm not anybody's slave. I'm not going to, you know what Paul said? No, I'm a slave. That, that's what I understand. And being a slave to Jesus Christ is better than being free in the world. Being a slave to Jesus Christ is far more joyful and fulfilling and peaceable and grace-giving and grace-fulfilling in my life than being free in the culture that we live in. Because the freedom that the culture calls freedom is just slavery. That's what Paul understood. I'm a slave to the culture. I'm a slave to my own lusts. I'm a slave to sin or I'm a slave to Jesus. And being a slave to Jesus is better than being a slave to my sin. How many know that you were a slave to your sin? As Christians, what does he say? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. Why? Because we have freedom from that kind of slavery now. Aren't you glad? We've been set free. But Paul understood, hey, listen, I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. I'm indebted to Jesus Christ. And if his calling for my life is persecution and imprisonment and giving my life for the gospel of Jesus Christ, then it is still far better than if I got all my dreams and aspirations and everything I wanted out of this life. It is far better and more fulfilling and truly joy because nobody could take that joy away. Listen, if you have joy that someone that kind of looks at you funny, you know, or doesn't look at you, or doesn't acknowledge you, and all of a sudden you're bent out of shape and you have no joy, how free are you? If you have joy that, you know, one problem, a health problem enters in your life and you don't have it anymore, how free are you? If you have joy and someone threatens your life for following Jesus, and you stop following Jesus, how free are you? The kind of joy that's found in Jesus says this, what can they do to me? What can be done to me? I am in a love relationship with Jesus, and nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing. Not death, not threats, not persecution. That love is sustained in my life through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the covenant that he's made with me. And he never breaks his promises. Listen, the source of your joy can be easily found tonight in what makes it or breaks it. When you lose your joy, you know that your joy was rooted in the wrong place because a Christian is never meant to lose his joy. Did you get that? A Christian is never meant to lose his joy. Now, we understand the standard that God sets for joy in our life, but it doesn't mean that often that joy leaks. And we understand that that happens. Can I say this? If your joy leaks out, let it leak onto someone else. Let, let your joy be. I, I would rather be like David rather than having holes punched in my bucket. David said this, my cup 
runneth over. Listen, the joy that the Christian is supposed to have is a joy that runs out the top, not out the bottom. When we see our joy, it's, I have an unlimited amount of joy such that this vessel cannot contain all the joy that God has for me, all the love that God has for me. And when it's shared with others, I don't lose any. But sometimes, boy, we let it leak out the bottom. We forget where our joy should be in. Maybe we're reminded tonight by Paul that we are in Christ, that we are of Christ, and that every good and perfect gift comes from Him. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.